Hello, it's Olivia with the Midkid Mama podcast. I blog over at midkidmamablog.com. And if you're jumping in, then I just kind of blog about whatever I feel like, which kind of falls into some major t- topics and categories, but it is kind of a mishmash of things. I tend to kind of be a jack of all trades and just do some of everything, so I really tried to narrow it down to the things I'm good at or I do a lot of. I keep thinking about adding more categories, so I'm not really sure. And then sometimes I feel like I should narrow it way down to like one thing, and I don't know, that's like really hard to decide. So we'll see. Right now it's kind of a bit of everything. Um, but tonight we're gonna jump from one topic to another in true mid-kid mama fashion. So we were talking about Curly Girl stuff uh, last blog post. If you haven't jumped into Curly Girl and you have frizzy hair or dry hair, I would recommend you do that, but jump all the way back to my second podcast and listen to Starting Curly Girl or join a Curly Girl group before you listen to that last podcast because that won't make a lot of sense if you don't know what the method is. Um, Today though, I wanted to talk about snacking, healthy snacking, eating greens, getting your kids to eat, all that stuff. And to preface, uh, I want to say that my kids are not the best eaters. They're not perfect eaters. They all four are very different on what they like. And my kid that is the best at vegetable eating, and you'll probably see pictures of him on the blog eating vegetables more than any of the other kids, he also licks shopping carts and he licked a Goodwill clothing rack one time and just last week he was bragging to me that he ate an ant off the garage floor. An ant. So if you think that he's eating vegetables because he has a discerning palate, no. He is eating vegetables because apparently he can put anything into his mouth and it's great. And I left him alone with a dead cicada in the backyard and had this second thought that he might eat that. And that's kind of a terrifying thought when you realize that your kid will probably eat just about anything. He did not eat that, at least as far as I know. Uh, But it was very much a possibility, I think. So, just to say that kids naturally do not like vegetables. They just come out either hating or being okay with it, but maybe not loving it. So out of my four, I had one that wanted to eat only sweet potatoes to the point where the doctor asked me at, I think it was like around his nine month checkup, if he ate a lot of sweet potatoes because he was looking a little bit orange. Do you know how ridiculous it is that my child looked orange because of how many sweet potatoes he ate? And I am telling you, I tried these tricks, so it did take us months to get to the point where we're at now where he's not orange and he does eat some vegetables. So that to say that this is not judgmental, this is not, oh, if you just do it the right way, then, you know, it's magic and and your kids will love vegetables. This is just tips and tricks coming from a mom who has desperately tried to get some vegetables into her kids and has kids that desperately try not to eat vegetables. And they're very unpredictable. Uh, My son, second, hates broccoli, like hates it to the point where he will gag over it. Now he's a little bit better, especially with raw broccoli, he does much better. But uh, cooked broccoli, he always would gag, you know. And so sometimes when they ask silly questions, I give them silly answers. If you listen to 10 ways to um, make your kids smile, that's one of them. Um, When they say something ridiculous, where are we going? And obviously I'm not really trying to tell them because a lot of times I don't tell them anything until we're like on the way, just in case plans change. 
sometimes I'll give them silly answers and I think one time we were going to like a drive-in movie or something and my son was like where are we going and I said oh we're going to a broccoli festival where you try all new different kinds of broccoli and wouldn't you know it that this kid who gags over broccoli was disappointed he was mad when he found out we were not going to a broccoli festival and when we got home, I went ahead and cooked broccoli five different ways just to give him a taste test so he could have a fun little, you know, but by then it didn't count. So I think he did try a couple things and, you know, they still bring it up to this day. Remember that time you told us that we were going to a broccoli festival? I wish we could go to a broccoli festival. I'm like, what? So kids are just so unpredictable, man. But... I have learned a few tricks along the way. I have four of them. I've been trying to connive and uh, trick and all those terrible words you're not supposed to use with kids. I do it when it comes to vegetables. Shamelessly, I do it when it comes to vegetables. Um, but there is science that backs the fact that most kids do not come out liking vegetables and you have to just keep introducing it, keep introducing it. And the more they're exposed to the vegetables, the less revulsion they'll have over time. It's a, it's a long process. It could take 50 exposures. It could take 100 exposures. It might be a couple years of you putting it in front of them uh, before they will eat it even without any kind of disgust. Not even enjoy it, just willing to eat it. Um, it also takes dedicating yourself to not turning to kids meals. There is science out there that shows that if you just revert to those kid meals, which is like um, chicken nuggets, pizza, uh, macaroni and cheese, all those really easy meals, um, if you're doing a lot of those, then that's what they're going to kind of expect. And um, I was reading one um, professional that was kind of saying, like, these menus at restaurants will say kids' meals. And so it kind of is programming everybody to say, oh, yeah, this is what our kids should be eating. Well, now I'm not, don't get me wrong, I definitely do those meals. But the majority of meals shouldn't be hinging on these kid meals. So it, it needs to be mixed in it if you're going to, you know, do it. So while my kids will have McDonald's chicken nuggets or, you know, a box pizza or whatever, um, I definitely am also making sure that they get meals where it's not exactly what they like or want. Um, but it's still good food. It's just that definitely not what they would pick. And, of course, my kids cheer when they find out that it's the food they like or that we're picking up food. So it as a mom it's a constant battle like you're spending all this time making food that you know that you're also gonna then have to spend time to make your kids eat and it is exhausting so um, I, I definitely think that that should be said that it takes a lot of exposure and it takes con concerted effort not to cook those kids meals but it's gonna also take effort to make them eat it and you know not and I, when I say make them eat it it's more of not giving in to the fact that they don't want it because when you sit there and you're eating dinner and they're poking at their vegetables and not really eating and now we kind of expect the older kids to eat, to eat one or two vegetables each, so um, they're really supposed to finish things on their plate, and I don't put very much on there if I know that it's a meal that is going to be questionable. Um, but my two-year-old, he's still at an age where I don't really force him to do more than a bite, so I might put a bunch of broccoli on his plate, and if he doesn't eat it, I'll give it to the dog or, you know, whatever, later. Um, but... 
we're at a point where then you're just kind of you, you like when he's hungry he gets really whiny so now I've got a two-year-old whining in the chair because he didn't want to eat broccoli or chicken or rice or whatever you know the combination is but you know and this is going to come to the next point you kind of just don't care uh if you can get to the point where you're like you know what this is what we're eating like you don't have to eat it but you also aren't going to get something else then they will eventually start adjusting and maybe he'll be like you know what the rice isn't that bad i can eat the rice or you know whatever it is that he decides is okay i usually try to have at least one of the three foods that i think he will eat not necessarily that he'll love but out of those three foods you know i know he could eat the broccoli or the rice he usually doesn't want to eat chicken unless it's chicken nuggets so you kind of get to know your kids but i wouldn't do um i i wouldn't do like an easy like i wouldn't make him specially macaroni and cheese for that meal now i might make him some chicken nuggets to go with the rice and the broccoli um, cause he's still pretty little, but I wouldn't do that with the older kids. I would just give them the chicken, unless I'm short on chicken and I'm, you know, throwing in chicken nuggets to make it easier for me. That's a little different. Um, but just not avoiding those meals and not trying to give him something special every time is really helpful because he's going to fight it and they're all going to fight it at a certain age. They hit about, uh, it's like around 18 months usually and maybe 14 months and they start to get really picky and they act like one day they might love broccoli cooked broccoli because he loves cooked broccoli now <laughs> or then the next day he might act like I'm trying to poison him with cooked broccoli and you just can't really predict what they're gonna do at that age so the point is you don't predict it you kind of know some things that you can put on their plate that's healthy and that they'll possibly eat and then you just let them decide because at that age they're trying to figure out their bodies so it's not about you it's about them figuring that out and over the course of a few days um, they will eat enough so if you do a lunch where they poke and poke and poke and eat that you don't even know if they ate anything and then the next dinner you're like well I know I have at least one thing here he should eat and he doesn't he just pushes stuff around eventually like the next day or the next day he'll he'll eat stuff um, it's really common at that age for them to act like they don't want food. And with my first, that was really hard because I felt like she was going to like starve. And, you know, with your first, you're always more stressed about like, should I make something else? Should I force her to eat this? Should I just sit back? I don't even know. And that's the key is that at that age, just sit back and just let that be the option. And if they get mad, the only, my only rule is they don't throw it on the floor. They can be mad. They cannot want to eat it, but don't throw it on the floor. And then my only other thing is, like, I don't give them anything else. Unless, I mean, again, the only time that that's a different thing is that if we're eating something as a family that I know they don't like any of the options. If we were doing peas and chicken and I don't know what else he doesn't like, but if it was three things that he doesn't like, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that to him. I'm going to have something on there that is questionable, like broccoli instead of peas or something that... I know he could eat if he wants to. Um, when he was really little, like I said, he was my worst. My my two my my uh, oldest boy, so he's my second, and then my youngest boy, my fourth, both hated vegetables. And with my second, I would sneak in like I would mix together baby foods 
so that it was mostly sweet potatoes like I'd buy a whole thing of sweet potatoes and then I'd buy like some greens and they have them pre-mixed but I found that mixing them myself kind of helped me slowly add more so I'd start with almost all sweet potatoes and a tiny bit of like peas and then the next time I would I would do like maybe half and half and see if it would fly and eventually I was mixing them together so it was like really half and half I mean like whereas two full things um, I guess I kind of said that backwards so like you know but they, okay so eventually I'm mixing them so that they're even amounts and um, that worked for my second he did pretty good with that with clay he would refuse if it was even the tiniest bit not orange like even the tiniest bit brown he would freak out and refuse to eat it and so that was really tough like getting him to eat anything but sweet potatoes is ridiculous he didn't even want to eat veg uh fruits like he wouldn't eat bananas he wouldn't eat apples he and i don't know a baby that doesn't eat bananas and apples other than this ridiculous fourth child and he was the best baby and everything else but when it came to vegetables not gonna happen and so for him it just took a long time of like having the tiniest amount of peas or green beans or whatever mixed into the and I mean when I say the tiniest amount I mean if you looked at it you'd be like no those are all sweet potatoes because you couldn't even see it it was so little of an amount and again he turned orange so I definitely did that wrong I mean I don't know what else you're supposed to do but he was orange an oompa loompa child and eventually though mixing that in sneaking those foods into his diet he finally started like easing up a little bit but it was it was tough man he was a, a rough uh, eater for a little bit there just because he did not want anything that wasn't orange he was okay with carrots too so I mean this was like orange orange food like nothing else other than those two he preferred sweet potatoes though um and then the other thing that I realized, and I wrote a blog about this, was that my kids would act like they were so hungry right before I was making dinner. Like when I was in the kitchen making dinner, they would be standing at the door like, can we just, when's dinner? When are we going to eat? You know, just all these complaints and saying stuff. And I would always just be like, no, go in the family room. I'm not talking to you until dinner's made because like I'm making it right now I'm not gonna feed you something and we didn't really do snacks now we do them a little more because of school and they do them at school but at home we don't really do a lot of snacks and I realized that like they were so hungry that I eventually was just like if you want some of the carrots I'm cutting up or the broccoli or whatever it was then I, you can have that, but that's it, because I'm, I'm cutting that up right now. And then they would take me up on the offer. I did not think they would. I thought it was going to be a deterrent, like, get out of the kitchen. And instead, they were like, okay, I'll take a carrot. I'll take a green bean. I'll take a broccoli. Whatever I was cutting up. And at first, like, my first instinct was like, ooh, yay, you get, you'll eat vegetables. And then I was like, you know what? That's part of it. They know they're not supposed to have a snack right now, and it's exciting that they get to have one, so they're willing to eat vegetables. So I just didn't ever let on that that was a good thing. And I'd just be like, fine, whatever, here. And they will eat so many raw vegetables before dinner. Um, there have been days where they've eaten more than 10 or 12 raw green beans. Now, if I put 10 or 12 green beans on their plate, do you know what would happen during dinner time? They would take three hours to eat. There's no way. So the fact that they were eating that many just because they were waiting on dinner to be made, 
um, hello, that's a win. I will take that any day of the week. And I would just tell them, like, hey, you guys ate a lot of green beans. If you don't want any on your plate, like, I, you know, you don't have to eat anymore. And sometimes they would go ahead and be like, oh, yeah, I'll eat some more because they had realized that they liked them. And other times they would be like, no, I don't want to eat anymore. So for, for dinner, I just didn't put any vegetables on their plates. Um, that was a huge deal, like, to get them. And once you get one of them to do it, like, my daughter started, she was like, oh, I'll try a green bean. The other ones were like believed it too so if you get one to do it and the other ones are like hey what's that kid getting then everybody follows suit and for the most part most days they all do it um so that snack time tip is like a big one for me because that really changed I feel like it changed how they ate vegetables and it made a big difference on what they're willing to do. And then the other thing is, and I know I've probably said this until I'm blue in the face and you guys are all sick of hearing it, but gardening is a big one. Um, we do small gardening in the backyard, like square foot gardening, so it's all crammed together. We live in an urban area, so it's not really like, we have a pretty big sized backyard, but like we don't have any like farm space or like a big garden we just have some square foot areas so they're like three foot wide by like nine foot or ten foot long depending on the section and um, growing our own food has really made them interested in the food and when we're outside there's something about being outside that the kids are like children of the wild and they think that they're like animals or whatever they're pretending to be and they're little wild children and they want to eat the vegetables right out of the garden so that was a big deal too because even when Naya was like three I have pictures of her eating spinach right out of the garden and that was just really unusual for her at that age so they're willing to try new things just because it's really cool to them that they can pick a plant and eat it now you do have to be really careful because I found out that they were eating random plants in the backyard out of the corners of our yard and the middle of our yard and all kinds of plants because hey they could eat plants and I was like um some plants are like poisonous let's talk about what you can eat I told them they could eat dandelions but those things are I think they taste horrible some people like will harvest dandelions for um, salads because they are greens that you can eat but they're so bitter Ugh, I hate that flavor I like greens but I do not like dandelions but um yeah so having a garden really opened up those things and that kind of was along the same lines as the snack time when we're outside I don't do snacks so if they're hungry then you can ask me for something from the garden and I'll pull it out and right now their big thing is they love the green like onion leaves the really tall skinny like round ones they call them spicy and they love those things so whenever we're outside they're begging me for onion leaves and again that's just one of those things of like what kid eats onion leaves like voluntarily I don't that's just kind of odd but they'll do it because we're outside and they're pretending to be you know a horse or a cow or a dog or something but um, when I was a kid we did that uh, we would pretend that we were like in the Great Depression or that we lived in the woods or that we ran away from home and were the boxcar children or something like that and we would eat things out of the garden that we were allowed to have and it was always so cool and we could have real food you know because we always would crunch up seeds and 
grind things into dust that we pretended was flour and we used to have a log in the woods that we pretended was white chicken because like it had that soft wood you could kind of like pull out and it looked like chicken meat a little bit we didn't actually eat that though but um we would pretend like you know if we found mushrooms that there were things we could eat but we never ate anything because we knew we weren't supposed to eat stuff unless we knew what it was but if we could pick like things out of the garden like strawberries or um, spinach or green beans or whatever it was then we would eat them while we were outside but um, that will just open up your taste buds because at the time it's so fun they're kind of associating that good you know experience in the fun with the vegetables and again when you, if there's something about getting it out of the ground that it just you you don't like when you walk into a refrigerator and you're thinking what do I want to eat usually the vegetables aren't the first things you think of you think of all the things that taste great and are quick and um, that's just not necessarily high on the list and so it's the same thing like I mean when you're out in the garden it's like the opposite thing there's no refrigerator to compete with it so it's either this or you're just outside and there's no other options and so I guess that's kind of what changes it um, <laughs> my son went to school last week and he took his lunch every day and uh, I think he likes to be like his dad so he wants to pack his lunch box but he came home and was like, Mom, they had green beans today. And I was like, yeah, I know. I told you that they're going to have green beans. And he said, but Mom, they were cooked. I was like, yeah. He said, they're so, so cooked. And I was like, what? Like, I knew what he meant. Like, they're those canned kind of green beans. But, like, oh, child. He loves, so he, he does more raw things than cooked things. But they just have a funny relationship with uh, vegetables for sure and the funny thing was is I actually sent him that day with you know a handful of, of raw green beans and he's happy as a lark green beans straight out of the garden and he'll eat them crunch right through them and they aren't so cooked I guess um, Camden is such a green eater and loves vegetables that last year for his birthday we were I said hey we're gonna go to the store and you're gonna help me pick out stuff for your birthday and this boy was going mad with power I mean you give a third child any options and they just think that they're like ruling the world so we get to the grocery store and he's like I want that for my birthday and I want that for my birthday and some of those and I'm like dude we aren't even out of the produce section he's already picked out green beans and broccoli and like all these he was screaming that he wanted not screaming literally but he was like saying I want a green party and I was like I had to control him and calm him down because we're not doing a vegetable party um he just was kind of mad with power so he but he did like vegetables a lot and he still he still does but now I think he's gotten to a point where he realizes the older two don't and so maybe it's not cool to like vegetables so he kind of comes in and out of it he really likes tomatoes and um the other two really don't like tomatoes and so he just you know sometimes some days he won't eat them and I'm pretty sure it's just because they don't eat them he wanted aroma out of the garden really bad and I was like dude it's aroma tomato you're not gonna want to eat that it's not like a cherry tomato and he's like no I want a big one and I was like okay but if I give you this I really want you to eat the whole thing because then otherwise you're just gonna waste it he, that boy took one bite out of the Roma tomato, which is grainy. If you've ever used Aroma, it's made for sauce, so it's not like crisp and fresh. It's more like grainy texture and not great for eating raw. And he was like, I hate this. 
and so I didn't make him eat all of it. I made him eat a few bites because I was like, you're gonna waste the whole tomato, but I knew he wasn't gonna like that. Gotta let him learn the hard way sometimes, I guess, but he did not like that. And then from then on, any red ones, he was like, is this the, is this the big yucky kind? I was like, so he, I think he's finally gotten over his PTSD, but it, it took a few tomatoes after that. Um, another thing that I do, and I like recently discovered this and I love it, is I run out of space for storing my stuff and I run out of, a lot of times I will run out of being able to use up everything. So I have to find ways to preserve things. And there's kind of three ways you can do it. You can either can, you can freeze, or you can dehydrate. And I like to can, but I can only do water bath canning. So like tomatoes are one. And if the food isn't acidic-y enough, like green beans, then you have to do a uh, pressure canning. Well, the problem is, is that a pressure canner gets so hot and heavy that on a glass stovetop like what I have, it is extremely dangerous because it could ex it could break the glass and then it's in the wires with this huge pot of water. And so, if I had gas, uh, like a gas stove, I would do more pressure canning. I think, but. I also, it's hot and it's long and you end up with like kind of soggy food. I mean like green beans that are canned are kind of like really, really soft. And so for most other things I tend to do more freezing. Um, I just haven't planted enough green beans to really need to, to do anything with them because I just really like them fresh. Um, but tomatoes can be frozen or they can be canned in a water bath, so they're easy. Peppers can freeze pretty easy, especially if you're going to cook them. Like, they aren't going to have the same texture as raw, but they will freeze fine for cooking. Um, and then dehydrating, you can dehydrate most vegetables. A lot of things you have to cut really skinny or they get really hard because you're pulling all the moisture out. And so if they're too thick, then they just get into like a a hard block but when you rehydrate with water especially if you use boiling water um, a lot of vegetables will kind of retain um, their structure a little bit and so like I did zucchini this year shredded zucchini I also froze some for like a zucchini bread um, but a big one that I dehydrate is my, 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 all my greens. So any collard greens, Swiss chard, spinach, um, kale, whatever I'm throwing in the garden for greens, if I don't eat it fresh, then it goes in the dehydrator. And then I do a big batch at a time. And when it's dehydrated, usually it takes like eh, like around six to eight hours on the like the lowest herb setting. Um, when it's done and really brittle and dry, I stick it in a blender. I have a ninja, like a personal size bullet ninja type blender. And I stuff them all in there and then I blend it into a powder. Supposedly, from the research I can find, um, when you dehydrate something, you retain all, most of its nutrients. So um, when you boil something, a lot of times the nutrients leaves into the water. Sometimes the heat damages it too and kills off some of the vitamins and stuff. Um, and when you freeze, it's better. Raw is the best, but dehydration does a really good job too because you're not actually losing any nutrients, like you're just pulling the moisture out so that it's preservable. So from what I understand, um, the greens powder, as long as you keep it out of the sunlight and you know out of air where it's not constantly exposed to oxygen, it should preserve a lot of those nutrients in the green foods. Well, 
when you're dehydrating, you take, you know, you could easily take like a huge pile of leaves and grind it all down and it's like a fourth of a cup of, of powder. Once it's dehydrated, it just takes up so much less space. So what, you know, if you, if you took a whole 10 ounce box of spinach and you spread it out on the de dehydrator, got it brittle, ground it into powder, I bet you'd have around a, f a fourth of a cup, maybe a half cup of powder. So, I mean, you just imagine the space that you're saving when it's dehydrated. And that's the nice thing about it is that you can have so many greens and really dehydrate it down to a powder. And then what I do with the powder is add it to any kinds of soups or pizza. And it to me, I really like the flavor of it. It has an earthy um, green flavor. It kind of reminds me of adding parsley, but not that fresh um, aspect. Like parsley kind of has that almost, not minty, but it, I think it's kind of a related to a mint plant. And so it has that fresh flavor. Um, greens powder doesn't have the freshness and it's not as strong as like an oregano but it's almost like an herb and so it adds like a depth to the flavoring now my husband asked me the other day what I'm adding all the green powder to so I will say that I probably am starting to turn into the one of those like semi crunchy moms where everybody's like why are you adding this stuff to our food well it's healthy you don't have to eat as many vegetables when I dump this stuff in at least for my mental sake I don't think you do and I can put in like a tiny, like a half a teaspoon and imagine all the, the, you know, leaves that they would have to eat if I didn't, if it was the other way around and I just gave them the, it fresh out of the garden. So I think it hides fairly well. Um, this was a way I was able to hide some green stuff in Clay's food early on is when he, when I would make him a real sweet potato, not like baby food, um, I could sneak in these this greens powder and with the, you know, I added brown sugar too, so <laughs> it's not necessarily the healthiest thing, but there are some vegetables in there and he didn't notice as much. So last year I didn't make a ton. I think I made like half a baggie or maybe a whole baggie full and it just went through super fast. This year I started saving smaller um, glass jars that have screw lids, like like a sundae from for like ice cream sundae type topping jar and I have two of those filled and I've been using it the powder too so like to have two of them filled just means like I keep refilling um, and I'm really hoping to get some more dried for this winter because I go through it kind of fast but I have way more than I did last year so I'm excited about that and so I just keep sneaking that into people's foods. I don't know how I'm sneaky I'm being because I, I don't like to add it when it's cooking because I don't want the heat to mess it up and I don't want it left in the pan. So I like if I'm making macaroni and cheese for the kids, I wait until it's done and then I put the green on it and kind of mix it in. Yeah, I think they know it's there. I, I definitely think they know it's there. So I'm not really fooling anyone, but um, that is one of the ways that I get in vegetables. And I would just say to focus on how uh, vegetables make your body powerful. Like, I'm pretty big on um, not, I don't want to talk about their weight or the way they look or anything like that in relationship to food or exercise. And my husband's really good about making exercise fun and cool and you're going to be so strong. And vegetables are the same way. Like, they're good for your body. They take care of your body. They make your body strong. And so I try to talk in those terms when it comes to that stuff because I want them to to um, grow up thinking good thoughts about vegetables. Not like it's my duty and 
I have to do this or I'm going to die or be sick. Instead, it's like, ooh, this is going to make me strong. If they're envisioning Popeye, who squeezes spinach into his mouth to be, like, super strong, instead of, like, you know, that that obligatory dieter who's like, oh, I, I guess I need my plate of salad or I'm going to gain back those five pounds I lost two weeks ago. You know, the difference is pretty extreme on how they would see that. So I try to talk about it in terms of that, you know, your power, you're strong, if this is going to make you grow. I don't know. I don't know if it, it really works, but I think they're, they're, they're pretty good at eating their vegetables. They're, they have a decent range of a palate. They, they don't love them. If I pack them in their lunches, they'll eat them. If I put them on their plates, they'll eat them. Some days go faster than others, and some sometimes they're bulking at it a little bit and not wanting to finish something. But overall, it's pretty good. So hopefully those tips help you with your kids and your vegetable eating. If not, hopefully you at least laughed a little bit about my ridiculous kids. And I'm just glad that you listened in, and I hope that you tune in for the next one.